0: And they think that it might get us a chance to go back to the Supreme Court so we can really get rid of the entire Section 2 of the voting rights act. That appeared to me to be what the bottom line goal is in the process at this point.
1: Welcome in, kids. It's another fantastic week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics, this week with Josh Moon and
2: David Person.
1: I think you get slower saying your name every week. Are you trying to counteract my speed?
2: No, 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 no. What I'm actually trying to do is make sure that people are clear on the fact that there's no S on the end of my name because people often do that. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, I did that. Yeah. I did that. Well, I don't remember you doing it, but I know it's, you know, for most of my life, it just people just toss a random S at the end. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think
1: sure. you may be I think you may be David Person. I don't know. No, I changed it. You, you were David Persons in my in my phone for quite <laughs> okay. some time. Uh, and then, and then you, at some point i removed remove the S. Yes. I don't know what happened. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but, well, uh,
2: you, you weren't the first and you won't be the last.
1: <laughs> well, 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 it is, that is David person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so let's start locally, hmm. I guess, and then we'll branch out. Uh, so there was an election, uh, this past Tuesday and, uh, it was, For some time, a quote-unquote hotly contested election, uh, or allegedly, uh, but it actually was never really that close. Uh, Stephen Reed, uh, the first black mayor of Montgomery, becomes the second uh black mayor of Montgomery, I guess, uh, because he was reelected uh to another four year term uh in that city pretty handily. He has a four person race. He won with fifty eight ish percent of the vote and uh avoided a runoff uh with uh you know against the the uh the great white hope uh that was Barrett Gilbreth uh down there that nobody had ever heard of and for some reason or another uh, there were numerous business people in the city of Montgomery inspired enough to dump uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven hundred thousand dollars into this mayoral campaign, uh, for this guy uh, to try to unseat Stephen Reed. And from what I can tell, uh, his percentage never really changed, and it is essentially the percentage of people that belong to the Montgomery Country Club, uh, and uh, in in the uh. <laughs> in the city. Um you know so it's um it, it was a uh a good victory for the city to me. I mean I there was nothing that they knocked Reed on that really stuck. Uh, You know, this this whole idea that Montgomery is a dying city that's overrun with crime, you know, because of the black mayor giving the black people too much leeway. And you know how it is. If you don't stay on top of those black people in town, things get out of control. And and it's just, you know. In the meantime, had one point seven billion dollars of economic investment from companies coming from all over the world uh, to into the city, uh, was given an award by Kay Ivey, of all people, uh, for their economic development growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was ranked as the, the top city in the country uh, for black owned small businesses and opportunity. And, 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 you know, and it was uh, the crime rate in the city was down. Overall, from where it was when the the white mayor left, and so I, you know, it was it was just like it's honestly it kind of encapsulates the Republican Party a lot, where they they just live inside their own little bubble of and and they believe whatever the hell they want to believe, and that's what they 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 run on. And it just to me, it struck a lot of people as completely untrue. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I think there there's several contributing factors here. Let's start with uh, the one that probably should be the most obvious, which is that whether you like his policies or not, uh, or however you feel about Stephen Reed, he has been a a more than competent mayor. Yes, he presents very as a very competent person. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks policy very well, and and on the surface at a, at even just a casual glance there's you can't really find fault with this guy right. uh you know maybe you can spar with him on specific issues you know legitimately but but just a glancing look yeah you can't find fault with this guy secondly, i think we have to credit um e j i because e j i the equal justice initiative and and not just e j i but really the whole civil rights industry that has 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 exploded in montgomery whether you're talking about the equal justice initiative or the southern poverty law center the rosa parks museum i know that there are are touring companies now that have really integrated uh montgomery and these various entities into what they do uh Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, can't, you can't deny that Montgomery has, is right at the center, and maybe it is not just at the center, but really, truly is the foundation for Alabama's civil rights industry, burgeoning civil rights industry. Oh, so yeah. there's that. And then finally, last but not least, we need to give some credit to the Montgomery brawl. And I say that because I say that because that was the most brazen stupid brazen racist display of white entitlement and 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 and, and racist actions mm-hmm. literally people a bunch of drunk white people deciding they were gonna beat up a black man for doing his job and using the N-word while doing it. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have had a better example of what a city should want to run away from than that. Mm-hmm. Especially well, that, a city and, with and like coming on history. the heels of Trump showing up that you know
1: the day yes. before. So I yes. mean you had the whole yeah it was a nice little package. Yes. Uh, to kind of demonstrate to the city that listen, we could go back to this if you'd like. You know, you got this
2: or you got that. Yeah. And and I think I think that was the that along with the um, the fact that black people uh, around the nation, uh, along with I'm sure in Montgomery and and the rest of Alabama uh, went into various fits of right, ra- began to display various fits of rage about uh, what was happening, what happened down there. I think that that probably helped to coalesce some voters as well. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I don't I don't disagree with uh with anything that you said. I uh I think that um um listen, I've I've heard, you know, a lot of people who uh voted for for Stephen Reed the first time around um uh you know, have some have some issues uh with him. And I understand what their issues is. They don't feel that the progress uh, as, and particularly in the black community and in uh, the poor communities around Montgomery, was as much as they had hoped for. Uh, when they elected a black mayor, mm-hmm. and you know, I to some of it, I think is is you know kind of legitimate. Some of it is, I, I think they don't have a full understanding of the power of a mayor mm-hmm. and limited as it may be. Uh, in certain instances to get things done and to move things along, especially when you have a city council that was not necessarily uh, in his pocket, as they would say, you know, it's right. not something where he could just take anything to the city council and they would they would rubber stamp it uh, right. that, you know, it's not set up that way in Montgomery Steel. Uh So, you know, I, I, I understand some of the some of the, the issues that they took, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just the the thing that was so idiotic to me, though, were were these people who, the businessmen, the white, and they were mainly white businessmen who took issue uh, with with Reed because they saw some of the some of their advantages drop. Oh wow. my! Um, yeah. Oh my! Wow. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, a big one was uh, there. You know, if you you notice, a lot of the money that flowed into the Gilbert campaign came through the uh, Home Builders Pack. And uh, that money was uh, routed through a lot of developers and and construction guys in Montgomery. And, uh, you know, they were angry initially because Reed had fired uh, a person who ran the inspections office. Now you know. I don't know why they were so angry. Maybe they just really, really liked this particular guy. You know, uh, maybe he was just a, maybe he was just a really good fella. Uh, you know, uh, or, I have some suspicions that or, you know, or you know, it, it could be something else. Um, but um, you know, that was that was <laughs> the, the the beginning of a lot of this. Uh, and, so, uh, and listen, so can we? Can we this is not a secret. Okay, can, it's
2: not a secret. Can we linger on that for a minute? Sure. So home builders, Mm -hmm. developers Mm -hmm. are angry because somebody who's over inspection gets fired. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that, doesn't that smell, um, smell a little fishy or funky? Doesn't there, doesn't a stench kind of emanate from that? Why,
1: David, whatever do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, listen, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, they, 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 they went to Reed as, as a group and tried to get him rehired. And, uh, I mean, I, listen, I, I know this from people who, who were in the room. All right. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and they refused Now, the, the, I'm not going to get into the whole thing because a lot of it is still in dispute about what happened, but there mm-hmm. was an incident that occurred with this particular employee. There was an allegation made that there were some racist remarks uh, made, and that was the reason for the termination. And, you know, he disputes that. I'm not going to get into to that. And uh, I'm not, I won't even call his name. That way it doesn't, you know, get uh, get that far uh, into it. And uh, But that's w- one of the things that kind of sparked this was they felt like there had been some issues leading up to it, and then this happened, and then all of a sudden – the black mayor was not paying attention to their wishes. Mm. And, you know, there was there all before we could just come over and talk and we could work these things out, you know, and uh, all of a sudden that didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so here, let me pay $700,000 to try to defeat you. I mean, you know, it's just there, you know, how much stuff could be done in Montgomery with, you know cuz ultimately you know when they spent the money then Reed had to go out and fundraise and campaign and spend money of his own and so i mean it ended up being about like 1.2 million dollars it was spent on a mayor's race you know yeah. on a mayor's race that wasn't even close he yeah, won by that, 18
2: points yeah that that to me is real telling the fact that he had what he had three he had three competitors was it three or four, four. he had four, four competitors mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he no, I'm sorry, he, I'm sorry. You're right. It was a four person race. He had three, three. Okay, so he had three competitors, yeah. and he was able to, he was able to by himself garner over fifty percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. That really says something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, and and these folks they they went out for for weeks trying to recruit somebody to run against him. Uh mm-hmm. you know they had just planned they were gonna they needed a they needed another viable black candidate to get in there and split the black vote you know because they had these great tapes of mm-hmm. of uh Stephen Reed saying you know that if he got a certain percentage of this that he would he would not need the you know an increase in the black vote or and and it was you know that they were also doctored up you know, you had any idea what was actually said on the tapes that were edited down this point. And the fact that so many media outlets ran with those tapes, knowing that they were doctored up is, was astonishing to me. Uh, but they just hmm. played them. They just played them. It didn't matter. Uh, but still, still, you know, as I wrote about the, the tapes, what the hell did he say on them that wasn't true? All he was doing was telling <laughs> what the facts were, you know, about the city at that point. And, yeah, I think that ultimately kind of carried over uh, into the into the election where people just were like, you know, listen, that that's, you
3: know, it's
1: kind of true when the problems we have with him are, are certainly not going to be solved by this white dude over mm. here, you know, and and it would never was. And none of the other uh, candidates that they approached, you know, the black candidates that were going to pull siphon votes away from Reid, uh, you know, were willing to do so because. They didn't see a real future in it.
2: Well, I'll say this: I when those tapes were, <clears throat> pardon me, were first revealed, mm-hmm. I, I thought that he had something to be concerned about. But I will, I will say um, that that it 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 in the final analysis, it looks like that was just uh, what we used to call a nothing burger—just nothing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's not to say that. Um, things weren't said that people should kind of, you know, I think ask questions about, but I just think in the final analysis, it just wasn't substantive enough. There was no financial scandal. There was, you know, embedded in that as far as I could tell. Uh, I know that there was an allegation of blackmail, but that was never, um, that was never uh, substantiated. There was no sex involved. Mm -hmm. And those are usually the two things that bring you down. Just simply cussing a lot or, or making uh, uh, you know, some statements that some might question about, about race that, you know, a black man making those observations, is probably not going to bring you down. If he had been screwing somebody or stealing some money, that would have been a different story.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think we, we said a lot of that back when, you know, when this went down and, um, you know it was um and I'll tell you this I think the uh the continued release of the tapes um you know because they they got progressively um less substantive as they went you know and and, and people were like what why don't we why do we care um you know and uh I, and I think that so that played a role and then also the fact that you released them way back you know, yeah. this was way back in <laughs> yeah. uh, in January. I mean, people have a memory of goldfish at this point. You you can't do mm. that. You got to release those tapes like the day before the election. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> before you want anybody to remember it, you got to you know that's what you've got to do. And mm. uh, th- I and, and I didn't particularly care for for the way that that Reed and the campaign kind of handled that. I felt like they they went after uh, you know Charles Lee, uh, you know, who was uh, a guy there that uh, they you know. I, I'll tell you, I'll say this. If I you know, take it, removing myself from journalism and, and putting myself in politics, I, my advice to them would have been uh, uh, at the get go of this. Just give a man uh, the contract that he had and, mm-hmm. and make and let this go away. I mean, he was he, he does do things for the city and, uh, you know, and, and it just isn't worth it at this point. Um, And, and, but after the fact, I would have been like, you know, just tell people what he was trying to do, you know, tell people, listen, this is what we're going to do. And don't go scorched earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) on it, you know? Um, But, you know, listen, uh, that is Stephen Reed. And, and which is why I suspect the next few months are going to be sort of unkind to a lot of white businessmen in the city of (laughs) Montgomery. uh, Because as they say in the wire, uh, they came at the King, and they missed mm. and uh and you don't there do are that. penalties <laughs> no there are penalties for such problems uh yeah. and so uh they're they're going to be paying them, I would imagine yeah. uh, and in the very near not, future. and I think
2: that's legitimate in politics in politics. Yeah. I think it's legitimate to throw some elbows and <clears throat> yeah. you know establish some boundaries and make it clear to people that um <clears throat> you know you're not going to capitulate. Yes, I think yeah. that's I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, well, I, I do as well. I do as well. Uh, speaking of of boundaries uh, in our uh, neighbors uh, to the east uh, in uh, the city of Atlanta, we had we've had quite the show. We've had quite the show so far this week. It's been a real <laughs> clown car of a coup going on over there, uh, and all the little participants have uh, shown up to. Uh, to get their uh, mug shots and fingerprints, and uh, today it's Thursday. Uh, today's, I believe, the uh, the the orange fellow's going to make an appearance, That's and what they tell us. Uh, yeah, and uh, get his mug shot, and that that'll be, I guarantee you, we will see that mug shot forever.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it'll be in history books. It'll be all over the place. Because let me tell you something, that man's going to go to jail in Georgia. All
3: right.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I am pretty well convinced of this at this point uh, mm-hmm. I, that that's a, a fairly well put together case over there. Uh, and they are going to they're going to indict this man. I mean, I'm sorry. not indict, They're going to convict this man of, of at least some of these charges. Uh, I have no doubt about this. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to learn that he cuts a deal at some point.
2: Um, yeah. At, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. I think he's going to be. He's either going to cut a deal or he's going to go, he's going to be convicted. I think that's really clear. Now, how Mm -hmm. you actually imprison a former president, just from a logistical standpoint and from a resources standpoint, Mm -hmm. I don't know really how you do that. Um, And
1: I say you do it the same as you do everybody else. You put the cuffs on them and you lead them in there and close the damn door.
2: Yeah,
1: but, you know...
2: I Uh, think if if we're too, I'll say, if we're too cavalier about it, Mm -mm. I think it, it, it brings up other issues that are probably legitimate because, again, no matter how I feel about him, how you feel about him, the guy was elected president. So I think we have to respect the office that he attained, even if we have zero respect or 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 negative one million respect for him. So I just, I think you have to sort of protect the integrity of the office. So again, how you okay, do that you, exactly. You and
1: I are going to differ greatly on this. And, and right. we, don't, we don't differ a whole lot, but that's we are fair. going to differ tremendously. Because to me, the person who is not respecting the office is Donald John Trump. Well, uh, he, he is the one that used his power yeah. uh, and, and uh, the will of the people who followed him and their loyalties uh, to attempt mm-hmm. essentially a coup. It was a very yep. poorly run operated uh, and, and executed coup that failed. Though the design uh, but, was
2: pretty complicated, but you're right. The execution was horrible.
1: Well, I think the design became complicated as they went, mm-hmm. you know, and so that this was I mean, this was all seat of their pants sort of stuff that they just kind of came up with on the fly uh, as they saw that people were actually going to buy this horseshit that the election was stolen.
2: Well, not, not uh, all of it. The electors part, I think, was pretty right. well thought out. That's what I'm
1: saying. Though. But that came about because they they realized, oh, hell. These people are going to buy this. Mm -hmm. And I think that then they went about saying, oh, all right. So what could we do? Mm -hmm. And all of those meetings took place right around the day after the election or in the days that followed. And then they came up with this plan to try to put the fake electors in there before, you know, the uh, the electoral college votes were Mm -hmm. uh, were counted and and confirmed. And and so to me, I I mean, yeah, I respect the office of the president. I understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, and I understand that in terms of security, uh, he will have to have something while he's in jail. But I, I, I'm the same way with Joe Biden. The same way with any other Democrat. Uh, we, you know, we chained up and locked away Don Siegelman in this state. In this state, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, I, I, I don't view Donald Trump any differently. If you broke the law, you get punished the same as everybody else. And to me, he broke the law, and, and he did it in a manner that could have very well destroyed the country Uh, had he been successful, had the people been a little bit, just a little bit more brazen or even just a little luckier than they were. So Uh, they would have caught Mike Pence and killed Mike Pence that day. They would have caught some of the other uh, uh, Pelosi uh, representatives. Yeah. Pelosi and uh, AOC and these people that were hiding under their damn desks to get away from this mob of people. Um, you know, the guy that had napalm in his yeah. damn truck
2: outside. Yeah. Um, All of that was bad. I don't disagree yeah. with you about the enormity of the evil. I don't mm-hmm. disagree with you about the enormity of the crime. All I'm saying is that, like it or not, he was elected president. And mm-hmm. this isn't really about him. It's about the country. Because mm-hmm. if we're cavalier about how we... Imprison a former president, you've got a certain percentage of the nation that is going to go ballistic. And the consequences of that, I think, could be very serious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's already ensured that we're going to be fighting chaos for Mm -hmm. at least the next 20 years, if not more. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be real strategic. About how we treat, you know, forget that it's Trump. You know, he's a he's a reprehensible person. We all get it. You know, um, he's a he's a traitor to the ca- country. We all get it. He's a convicted mm-hmm. rapist. We all get it. Or I shouldn't say convicted rapist. He's a uh, a judge pronounced him a rapist uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in a conviction. And so we get we get all that in a civil trial. We get all that, but. But for the sake of the nation, I think we have to, we have to treat him, we have to, we have to punish him, Mm. legally punish him, Mm -hmm. give him what he deserves. We just have to be careful how we do it. We got to be strategic Mm. about how we do it.
3: Uh I,
1: I, you know, I I think that that's that's all true, Uh, but I think we've been fairly careful about this. I think they've been fairly careful about building their cases and about presenting their cases. Um, And I believe if he is convicted, to me, it does a a bigger disservice to the country uh, to say we're not going to treat him as we would other people who have been convicted uh, of of crimes uh, because, especially because they're so serious, uh, these crimes are. And also, I believe it sends a message uh, to, uh, for the future, uh, mm-hmm. and that we uphold these certain things, uh, and we're not going to allow anybody, no matter if they have a bunch of crazy people who believe in them,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: behind them, but we're not going to allow somebody to, to tinker with the peaceful transition of power in this country that has, that has kept us, uh, you know, one of the, one of the greatest countries in the world, uh for you know since our existence we're not going to we're not going to allow that to be tampered with simply because y'all elected a con man and you don't you you now can not be convinced that he you've been fooled by the the guy not wearing any damn clothes and it is i I think it does a bigger disservice to not treat him uh this way than it does to to get to say, okay, well, listen, this could cause some harm if we, you know, these people are going to be really upset. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think that's just consequences that we deal with. So, know, we just deal with those consequences.
2: So let's, let's, let's look at it this way. um mm-hmm. You know, you throw a, a former president in some place that's comparable to Rikers. Mm-hmm. All right. And you don't provide him and I'm not even saying that he shouldn't go to some place that's comparable to Rikers, but if you don't ensure his safety,
3: no, I'm not. Yeah, you got especially, separating from especially the at his yeah. age.
2: Yeah, I mean you gotta, and that's that's all I'm talking about, Josh. I'm, I'm not saying he shouldn't go to prison. I'm yeah. just saying we have to be strategic about how he how he is imprisoned. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying to make yeah. sure that this guy is safe, to make sure that there's transparency about how his imprisonment is being conducted yeah. so that there's never any question about his safety and his well-being and so that we can be 100% sure that his corrupt, racist, rapist behind <laughs> is, is able to serve out his term, you know, in a way that, that in and of itself will be so humiliating to him. Mm-hmm. and to his family and to mm-hmm. his legacy that i think that will be more than enough punishment it doesn't have to he doesn't have to be in despicable deplorable conditions like we see so many unfortunately are in prison mm-hmm. that's all i'm saying yeah.
1: Well, listen. I, I think he ought to be separated from everybody. But as far as the conditions that he lives in, I think he ought to live in the same conditions that we put Alabama prisoners in. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of those at at, at the close of, of the show. And uh, you know, I did it, it's. Uh, I to me, you know, let him eat, let him eat the the stale bologna and stale bread sandwiches that they get three times a day, and uh, and and live without. You know, air conditioning, um, mm. and because if it's good enough for these other criminals, especially the nonviolent criminals that didn't cause nearly the havoc and harm that he has, then it ought to be good enough for him. And I mean, that's just my my thoughts. And and I'm listen. If Hunter Biden broke some laws, send him to jail too. You know, if, if so, whoever broke broke the law, send them to jail, okay, or or punish them appropriately and be done with it. Uh, and I that's I just I don't think that. That that Trump should get. I mean, I think he should be separated because we do that with a lot of people in prison, you mm. know, and you know, former cops and people, you know, you, you try to keep them as safe as you can. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I, that's fine. But within that, within the normal pattern, that's where I think how he should be treated. He should be treated like the other folks uh, and, and give him give him the same cell and the same protection as you would, you know, former cop or somebody. Mm, Okay. All right. Let's slide out of here. We're going to come back. We're going to have Representative Sam Jones talk a little redistricting in the uh, Mobile area and uh, get his thoughts on uh, what's been going down so far. We'll be right back. Alabama Politics This Week. Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here—that uh, would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this.
2: You uh, should never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms oh, as well.
1: I forget that Davis is an Android guy. I
2: am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist, and
1: so you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go. Just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one, don't do, don't do that.
2: Just don't, don't, like that. don't leave a
1: bad one. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. And we are happy now to be joined by Representative Sam Jones is down in the uh, Mobile area. We're going we're going to talk a little redistricting, um, as uh, we mentioned with uh, Representative Jones before we came on. We've been talking about this for for a few uh, months now. and, uh, And really, we've been talking about it for a while because we're so gerrymandered around here that uh, we, we need to do something about it. And uh, it seems we may have an opportunity to do a little something about it uh, now and or the courts do. Um, but you live in an important area and uh, there's been a lot of talk of the Mobile area and keeping, you know, these communities of interest. And uh, and so I guess, first of all, just to give a broad uh, view of things, you know, where, where are, 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 do you think we are in this process? And, and when, you, when somebody asks you how is redistricting going, what, what do you typically tell
0: them? Well, you know, we've gone through the, the district court process, and I was at the hearing in Birmingham a couple of weeks ago, and um, I think it was pretty clear at the hearing that there were no genuine efforts to comply with what the court had ordered. Um, especially the direction given um, to the court as it relates to drawing two majority-minority districts mm-hmm. in the state of Alabama. Um, that certainly doesn't appear to be the goal. Uh, the process itself really kind of told us there were some things going on that we knew nothing about, and in that process, uh, there were, when we had the public hearing, when the maps came in, we got over a hundred maps, I understand. We didn't get a chance to see, but 20 of the 100. And um, I asked a question about that because I think it's important that the people send it in, we all at least review it. And one of the co-chairs told me that uh, we didn't have the ability to get them all in the system in time, so we got 20 in the system. And I said, well, why is that? He said, we only had one person who could put a map in the system. So, um, you know, we went through that process and I knew that at that point that we were headed somewhere that we shouldn't be going with the committee. And, you know, I I think at one time, Representative England tried to amend the guidelines that we were going to use that's been in effect since 2001. And he just wanted to codify that the goal of the map drawn was to meet the standards of the Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, never voted down. We that we we didn't get that, even though that's what the court was talking to us about. We didn't we didn't get that done. And we asked several questions about different things that took place. Uh by the way, the map, Senate Bill 5, actually never really came to the committee in the vetting process, the public hearing or any of that. That actually started in the Senate after it got back over to the legislature. So uh you know, we, we didn't know what was taking place. Then we found out what was taking place, that that was an effort to really um, just draw a map, to go through the motion. If it passed, it would not achieve anything that the court ordered or anything that we were looking for, uh, but it would, they thought, and they think, that it might get us a chance to go back to the Supreme Court so we can really get rid of the entire Section 2 of the voters right there. That, that appeared to me be what the bottom line goal is in the process at this point,
1: yeah, yeah, you know you mentioned you know finding out a lot of stuff at that hearing, and uh, you know there were some depositions, I think Chris Pringle gave one and some some others, and um, uh, you know it, they they expressed some. Discomfort, I would say, with the with the map that was ultimately approved and, uh, they, you know, some surprise at how much uh, Edmund LaCour uh, influenced the process and how involved he was. And um, just looking back at it, do, do you buy that? I mean, do you buy that they were surprised that they were, you know, that they they they, you know, I think Pringle said he didn't want his name on that map because he didn't think it would work. Do you buy
0: that? Well, let's keep in mind that Pringle introduced a map first. That's mm-hmm. the map that the majority on the committee voted out to go to right. the legislature. Right. And um, I don't think he wanted his name on there because it wasn't his map. Right. <laughs> so we, we wound up with both co-chairs introducing maps. I think one part of it, uh, Pringle may have not been involved initially, but I think when the higher-ups in the party got involved, uh, he he had to go along with it. He just didn't want his name on it because it didn't originate from him. And I yeah. think he had, may have had some problem with that. But uh, it, at the end of the day, he supports the map. He he actually presented the map. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there were some things. Well, you know, for a lot of members on the committee was concerned. Uh, a lot, of, most of the maps he and others were mystery to us. Uh, we didn't know all of that was going on. We knew something was going on because the map that actually what, what we considered to be the best approach to following the court order was the plaintiff's map. Plaintiff's map, mm-hmm. met voting right, met all the criteria of the voting right, they had already been vetted uh, by the court system, and um, they actually had no intentions of, of moving that map forward. Uh, we, we knew that. So the map that they came up with was a map that actually it was worse than Pringle's map, and then I, I think that saying a lot. But but uh, I, I think that the bottom line was that there was a goal that wanted to be that they wanted to meet that was really a national party goal, mm-hmm. and you know anytime you hear the Speaker of the House. McCarthy and Tubbleville and the president of the state Republican party and all of the folk who are commenting on Alabama and the map that Alabama is trying to draw. It tells me that there was some real, real positions taken from the top that look, this is our opportunity to get rid of the whole thing. That That's what it appears to be to me.
2: Hmm. So representative, if, um, if Pringle's map had been the one that had emerged uh, and had ultimately been submitted, do you think the Democratic Party could have lived with that map? No.
0: No, I don't, I don't think at all. Keep
2: in mind that
0: the map that he put together was a map that we got as a committee. He presented to us on the last day at the end of the meeting that it was a map that he had, he had put together and introduced. I don't think it met the, the stipulations that were laid out in the voting right there either. But my point in, in using Pringle's map is that we thought that that's what we were going to be dealing with in the legislature. Well, that map got substituted in the Senate by Livingston map. Mm-hmm. So this map really never came down to us in the House again to vote on. The Senate actually got rid of that map and replaced it with Livingston map. Which we hadn't vetted at all. We didn't know anything about. So um yeah, I don't think his map would have been acceptable as far as we are concerned. And it certainly would have met the stipulations that were laid out by the district court. All
2: right. Well let's let's uh let's linger on that for a minute because um the tug of war, uh, Representative Jones that I see happening over language seems to be related to uh, the idea that uh, the court—you got—you got some who are saying the court did not say that there had to be a guarantee of black voters being able to elect who they want, just that they would have the opportunity, based on the 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 overall configuration of the voting population. So I take that to mean that you got a high enough percentage of black voters when coupled with white Democrats who could select, you know, someone other than a Republican. That's the way I I interpret that. Do you disagree with that interpretation? And if you don't, then why would Pringle's map have been a problem?
0: Because the Pringle's map... Let let me just quote what what, was said by the Chief Justice.
2: Okay.
4: The quote two majority minority districts are something quite close to it. I don't think either of those maps meet that standard at all.
1: It says Pringles
4: Pringles' map, I believe would have made
1: the second district that they were going to draw, the second opportunity district right? Uh, at, at 42% black voters. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's so true. it wasn't, well, I mean, to me, that's not close. I mean, that's uh-huh. not
2: close. Okay.
0: My illustration is of him on the House floor, and we discussed this at the mic. And one of the things that I told him is that I'm standing at one podium, you standing at the other. We are close. And then I moved from that podium over next to him and I said, now we're quite close. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's the difference in, in what I felt okay. about okay. what was taking place there. You know, yeah, uh, we are on this Zoom call. We're close. Right. But right. we're yeah. not quite close. Right, exactly. So uh, that, that's the difference, I think, between the two men.
2: So just, just to recap, and I think that's a great analogy. So just to recap, what percentage would you have liked to have seen? in terms of of the composition of black voters
0: well i i think when you um when you talk about black vote you actually look at patterns and you look at how the districts are configured and and what the minority voting age population is in no particular district you just can't use uh broad numbers they've got to be really kind of dwell down to people who can vote, not people who just live there. Right, right. That That's that's one part of the process that sometimes I think we overlook. But I, I think that you've got to have, uh, to be quite close, I think you've got to have very, 50% or very close to uh, 499 or something of that nature. You, you, you can't do that with 42 43%. And I think uh, Mr. Pringle knows that. The history will tell us that in the state of Alabama. You know, I, I ran, uh, I've been the mayor of the city for two terms. I've been the president of the county commission for four terms, been in the legislature two terms. And I think I know numbers as it relates to who can win and who can't win in the character of this state. Hmm. You know,
1: you mentioned that, and that's a, that's a good point about you know, your history around in the, in the Mobile area. Um, because that's a big argument mm-hmm. uh, now before the court, which is that uh, we this is a community of interest down here that we can't possibly we can't possibly break this up, and so this is how the map's got to be. Uh, do you buy that? And if not, uh, why not?
0: No, I, I didn't buy that. In fact, um. They brought some documents from the Port Authority here and from the South Alabama Regional Planning Commission, from the Chamber of Commerce, I guess they were gonna to use to justify that. The, the bottom line with that is, first of all, uh, ironically enough, I've served on all of those. I've been the president of the Regional Planning Commission for over 14 years. Um, I, I, I've served on the Port Authority Board, and I served on the Chamber of Commerce Board, and I don't agree with that for a number of reasons. The first reason is that um, Baldwin County is a neighboring county to Mobile. Mm-hmm. That's true. But the characteristics are completely different. There is not one African-American elected official in the entire Baldwin County, unless it's someone in one of the small cities or city council persons I don't know about. But at the county level and the major city level, there is not one. There's not a legislator. There's not a senator. that not from Baldwin County. It's just an African-American who's been elected in that area. Now, the ironic thing is they did have them. They had a school board member and they had a county commission. And as a result of a past redistricting, they have zero now. Hmm. So that's one thing that we don't have in common. The other thing that we don't have in common is the industry sector. Mobile is the economic hub of the region. Baldwin County is a great place to vacation, great place to live, but the characteristics of what Baldwin County, how Baldwin County operates in Mobile is completely different. And I I think that the other thing is that the Black Belt. The question was, does the Black Belt have anything in common with North Mobile County? Mm-hmm. It certainly does. That, it's very difficult for you to go anywhere in North Mobile County where people who didn't come from the Black Belt or actually go to the Black Belt on a regular basis. It's one of the places that people migrated from to come to Mobile, especially North Mobile County. And that's the part. The other thing to keep in mind is that it wasn't the entire county. It was the north part of the county. Jared Hall will still have the majority of voters in Mobile County. He still have Baldwin County, he still has uh, Escambia County, all of that in the plaintiff's plan. Mm-hmm. Now, my point about that to my colleagues in Mobile is that I can't get anyone to argue with me
4: that two is not better than one. I mean, I, I just don't understand.
0: I, I learned that in kindergarten. That the number two is larger than number one. And I, I think that if we wound up as a county in Alabama with two congressional seats in one county, mm-hmm. I, that can't be bad, in my opinion. <laughs> it just can't be bad. <laughs> I was told a long time ago by one of my very close friends before he passed away, Senator Michael Figures, is that political winds blow both east and west. Mm-hmm. might be blowing east today, but right. they are more west. And that. Yeah. You got someone in each house. I mean, you got someone in each side of the. You got a Democrat here, Republican here, or, or a person in North Mobile County, all represent the same region, and I think that would be great for us to yeah. have. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, look at
3: you
1: know, to back up your argument. If we had Doug Jones, we'd probably have Space Force right now, you know. Uh, but instead, yeah. we got Tommy Tuberville, and you know, he's got That's some right. good stock trades going uh, for himself. Uh, so, you know, which isn't helping out any of us uh any, any time soon, but yeah, you know, it just, um, I, let me, let me ask you, you, you've been in there, you, you've seen it, you know what the the ultimate scheme is here is to get this thing in front of uh, Justice Kavanaugh and see if he'll flip. Um, do you think that there is a chance that that is a, a, a plan that works for them?
4: you know,
0: I don't, well, let me put it this way. I'm hoping it's not because I'm hoping that when they send it back to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court say the district court's has already ruled on that. We're not gonna hear that. Mm-hmm. And I that yeah. that's my hope. And because I think that you can go, this can go back and forth and back and forth for a long period of time. They appeal, and then they come back and we appeal. And then, you know, I I, I just think that at some point you got to make a decision on this. There is no doubt, it shouldn't be any doubt in anyone's mind. That this is another attempt at suppressing the representation of black voters in Alabama. True. It, True. It's True. A constant thing. and and it has it really has an effect on the entire country, whatever the final ruling winds up the being. There are some yeah. other pending cases right now that's very, very similar to this.
4: yeah, I, I would, did, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I would say that from um two thousand say seven on Mm -hmm. the
0: character, in my opinion, of the political arena and the character of how we operate as a state has changed for the worse, Mm -hmm. not for the better. Mm -hmm. In this region, we did very well at a certain point where people worked together, whether they were Republican or Democrat, they were trying to build the state, and all of a sudden, and I think it came out of the result, and I say this here locally sometimes, I think it came out of the result of something that nobody thought would ever happen. We elected our first black president. Mm-hmm. And, and, and after that, things really start changing as it relates to relationships and people working together in the political arena as well as in the arena of doing what's best for the community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I I don't
1: I I do not disagree with what you said there. And, you know, and I was going to ask, too, um, you know, there there seems to be this kind of a defeatist attitude among among Republicans, where um, if if they are not allowed to draw the map the way that they want to draw the map and and to get their their counties and their their voters uh, in there, then they can't win. That's, that's that's it. You can't you can't win. But I was always under the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, here, but in a representative government, the job of the representative is to reflect the wishes of the voters that he's representing. That's and right. so, isn't the answer to this, okay, listen, we're going to draw these maps fairly and you're just going to have to change your policies? to the point to where you can attract enough voters to get yourself elected, or you're going to die on the vine.
0: And, you know, I I think that's basically what the ruling was saying. They were basically saying that districts should be configured, that the interests of that district should be the first priority for the person who represents that that district. Mm -hmm. And really look at that. Um, Some, the way that this state is broken up in some cases, we've had people who've been represented by people for many years who they, they have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. They have no contact with them. They've not represented any of their interests. And because their number is so small, it just doesn't matter to, to, to those representatives, which is an awful way to represent a community. And, and I think that what the Supreme Court is trying, to, what the Constitution was about, one man, one vote, let his vote count for something. Other than just a number, and that's what we are in Alabama. We are playing the numbers game for power purposes. Mm.
2: So, Representative Jones, I've got to ask you uh, to speculate, or or maybe prognosticate is a better word. Let's say that our worst fears become a reality, and that um, this results in. Um, the whole, the, the redistricting, uh, this redistricting battle results in a revisit to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court deciding to further gut the Voting Rights Act in targeting specifically section two, uh, which is the anti-discrimination section. Right. What do you... Prognosticate for us. What do you think the impact would be on us here in the state of Alabama? Is it actually possible that we could almost revert back to pre-1965?
4: I think it's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. And I I
0: think if you look at the way our state is seen throughout the nation, this is the testing ground for those type of things. Mississippi, Alabama, they they will really be the people who will question the right of the federal government to look out for the benefit of those who are being denied access. And I I think it's possible. Sure, I think it's possible. I think I see some of that right now with affirmative action, with abortion, with all all those other issues that's before the national government. Uh, I think you'll see that filter down to local government and it will be an awful place like it was prior to 1965.
2: Okay, so then I've got to ask you then, if you as a person with your tremendous amount of political experience and your particular vantage point now in the legislature, if you truly believe that's possible, I gotta ask you, black man to black man, mm-hmm. what the hell? excuse me, Pastor, I'm sorry, one slipped out. What the hell should we do about it? We have got to do,
0: you know, that was uh, I think about this sometimes. There's a situation sometimes when we don't think that what got us here, the hard work to getting out there, working hard, to get people to vote and to make sure that we play a role in this society, we think that when we got some rights above what we were fighting for, everything was okay. We could rest. I don't think you can rest. I think the same thing that got us here is the same thing that keeps us where we are. And that means that we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be active. we got to work hard. we got to fight to make sure every right is preserved. And uh, I think that we, we've been kind of lax on that on a lot of areas. There are some people who've been out here. There are some other people who are just at ease. And, and think that and don't feel like anything else will change. They don't feel that anything will change. But uh, I think that Frederick Douglass said it well when he said, "Power concedes to nothing." And and I that's think that that's what we're seeing. Yeah. We, we're seeing that right
4: now in Alabama.
3: Hmm.
4: Yeah, and um, you know
1: I, I hope that uh, people listen to what you say and, and, uh, and they take it to heart. And um, and when we stop. Um, allowing this this creep it's not even a slow creep anymore it's a it's a pretty quick creep now uh of of people trying to return to a, to a time that we fought uh, a lot of people fought very very hard to to overcome and risk their lives um and and <laughs> gave up their lives for uh and you know it it would be a shame to return uh to that uh, and to do so right out in the open with everybody
4: watching I would
0: also say to you that that would be a dangerous proposition, very dangerous for the future of our state, for the future of our country, because we'll go back to that era, but we go back with today's technology, and we go back with today's means, the means that we didn't have during that time, and we will be total chaos, in my opinion. I don't see anything else it could be. And I think that one of the things that's taking place, sometimes when people have such a yearning for power, they forget what the logical conclusion of their actions can be. Mm-hmm. And that, that is one of the most serious things that I think we need to consider because it won't be like it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we all need to just, just get in our minds of what, where we're headed here, and I, you know, um, I often say this to some young people in Mobile. My perspective might be different than yours because I drink color boy. Oh, mm. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I I know what that's like, mm-hmm. and I know what it took to get out of that, and I'm not going back there. <laughs>
3: so,
0: and I think you will find that most people in this country feel the
1: same way. Mm. Well, I hope so, uh, and uh, and I hope that uh, that uh, this turns out the way that we 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 need it to, and not just want it to, but the way that we need it to. And mm-hmm. uh, and and listen, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and and spending time to to share your history and the knowledge of what we got going on here now, and 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 hopefully people will listen to what you say as well and uh, and and heed that advice. So, it's uh, Representative Sam Jones. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank
2: you so much for having me. Yes, thank we're you so much.
1: We're going to slide out. That we'll be right back. Alabama Politics this week.
2: If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama Politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, your support makes a difference and it means a lot.
1: All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Thanks to uh, Representative Sam Jones for. Mm-hmm. Nice little visit, and um, you know if uh, listen if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so at uh, com. <laughs> it's com. and I want to say we had a um, we did this, we did we had a, we had an email this week that uh, uh, yeah. somebody had an actual question. We had a couple of of uh, questions. Well, first of all, uh, they, they they went ahead and sent your uh, your your reup for Cialis through there as well, so. And, uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: ah, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, man. That's a, uh, there's just a what? message on here about, uh, ordering Cialis. I don't know why those always come through on here.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> I uh, 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 was uh, this was just a nice, uh, nice email talking about the uh, executive director, Tom Miro and the, uh, uh, and the interview that we had with him. And, uh, that uh you know the the advice that he uh, that the uh, emailer uh, which uh, somebody from Gulf Shores it was david uh, David from Gulf Shores uh, suggested that uh, O'miro was right not to run everywhere but to pick spots uh, where or uh, you can find you know college educated uh, African Americans and women um, and and use those districts to start to build some momentum. Uh, for the party. And, uh, that's how they did, uh, that's how they got things rolling in Georgia a few years ago. And, uh, as we all know that that seems to be working out pretty well. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think that's, um, uh, a, a, a pretty good plan. And, and I wish uh, we wish Tom Miro success. Uh, Amen. Uh, sure do. Yeah, it's uh, he's and we know he's in a tough spot, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, he can uh, he can kind of get things, you know, headed headed back in uh, in the right direction and uh, you know, get some get some fundraising going um, and get some candidates in there that we can all get behind and, uh, and support. And we can have a two party state and stop some of the nonsense that goes on around here. Uh, right from from happening what what else were we going to discuss
3: in this Well, segment?
2: let's see i know we were going to talk about our, our right wing nut um yeah but yeah. uh let's see in addition to that let me look at my uh i got my my little notes on my phone here um because
1: yeah, i was i was i was so concentrated on the right wing nut and the and a d o c and um you know and what's what's going on uh with them uh, that uh, that I pulled a a, a blank here because I know we're gonna be kind of quick in this in the close, mm. uh. But you know, uh, if you want to let, let let's 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 go right to ADOC if that's okay. All right, um, let's do it. If that's uh, because yeah. uh, that's our right wing nut for this week, and we, we picked them because of the story about uh that we ran in APR about um the them not allowing the the doors were the food tray doors on the cells to be opened, which provides some ventilation into these unair conditioned prisons
4: that we have. And they won't open the food slot doors. No. They won't open the food slot door. It's 107 degrees outside. And they won't open the food slot doors.
2: 170 degrees outside, and um, and they're saying also with the heat index, you know, it was like 110, 115 degrees. Yeah. So imagine that. Imagine having to be in a jail cell, you know, with your only ventilation being that tray door. They won't open that. So you're just in there basically slow cooking. Yeah, Yeah, it's like you're in a rotisserie.
1: Mhm. And we've had listen, we've had people in prisons uh, literally baked to death. Yeah. We've had this before. We've yeah. had people die uh of that. And you know, I don't know what it's going to take, man, for um uh for us to care really about what goes on at at our prisons
4: more. Um I mean, it uh, the the conditions inside of these places are I I, I mean it's it's unimaginable um to,
1: to most people what life is like. And listen, I understand, I understand these people broke laws, I understand that these people are bad people, quote unquote. Um I understand that they've done wrong and that they need to be punished, okay? But we didn't this is not the Alabama Department of Punishment, okay? This is the Alabama Department of Corrections. So corrections implies that the intent of this agency is to correct the behavior that these people have. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're supposed to pay for. Okay that's what our tax dollars, the millions and millions and millions of dollars that we spend every year on these facilities and on the and on feeding and uh you know securing these facilities and uh and all the stuff that we pay for every year, the health care and everything else mm-hmm. all of that is supposedly
4: going towards corrections, all right correcting the behavior so What are we doing to correct that behavior? Because it seems to me that what we're doing is
1: we're taking low level criminals that are, you know, in a lot of cases, barely worthy of being locked away. And we're turning them in to lifelong criminals Mm
3: -hmm.
1: with with no, you know, they they come out much worse than they were before. They come out with with, uh, for a lot of them. They come out uh, with, without training, without any sort of thing. And all they come out with are uh, connections to other criminals that don't want to have no interest in in becoming contributing members to society. Yes, yeah. we do have some yeah. folks in there that try to rise above and don't want to be in this situation any longer. Uh, and And so they do certain things to try to keep themselves out of trouble and they try to better themselves, and they try to get their uh, diplomas, they try to get their uh, certificates, uh, their training, and they try to do those things. But in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, those options aren't there for for people. The programs are hit or miss. Uh, the, the situations that they're in uh, don't allow them the opportunities to go and do these things and force them into gangs, into other things inside the prisons. And so, and and we know this and we have we have staff that can't stop it because that we don't have enough staff and we don't we're not fully funding these things and we're not appropriately monitoring a lot of the prisoners. And so
4: what are we doing?
2: Well, the other the other thing, too, that I'll add to what you've just said, Josh, is that at least based on the reporting that's been done by um, Alabama political reporter. We're also retaining some people uh, as prison staffers who mm. are um, who have been accused of serial abuse. Yes. You know, APR uh, actually names uh, the officers suspected of, of facilitating the closing of these trade these tray doors or tray holes, as they call them, uh, Lieutenant Akeem Edmonds. And when mm. you look at what uh, APR details uh, regarding his history, this guy has been accused of assault on, an, on several occasions and actually reached a settlement with one person. Um, and in that, in that particular instance, the the victim, a prisoner, an inmate, was already handcuffed to a bench, and then according to court records, apparently, Edmonds proceeded to pepper spray and beat this guy, punching him in the face and upper body with his fists. So, you know, we have a system that, as you've already outlined, is not focused on actual corrections or rehabilitation. It seems to be just about being punitive And then you've got people inside of the system who are maximizing the opportunity to be punitive to such a degree that people are being uh, assaulted physically and hurt and abused in other ways, like what we're talking about with these tray doors. So, So, like you said, if they ever make it out of there, if they live through that experience and get to be released, well, what kind of person is going to come out of that? In their right mind.
3: Yeah. What kind yeah, of person
2: right. is going to come out of that and be prepared, have a mindset to contribute productively to society, to reunite, reunite successfully with their family? Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not likely. No, it's not likely.
1: It's, it would be a miracle yeah. if they did that, if they were able to overcome these things. Yeah. And, uh, it, I mean, these are, these are people, you know? I mean, I know that that's uh it's just a really simplistic way to look at it, but I mean, these are these are people that we have if we if I told you, if I told somebody today that there is a shelter and they were keeping dogs locked up at 110 degrees with very little ventilation, there would be an outrage. Yep. There would be people would that they would march on that shelter and tear the walls mm-hmm. down out of it. Um, but because we're talking about people who've made a mistake, you know, and, and I mean, let's, let's be honest, race plays a a role in it as well. And, and, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of the, a lot of the prisoners that, uh, in our jails and prisons around the state are blacks, you know, they're, they're black men mainly. And no, they don't inspire a lot of sympathy from white community. Um, and, and that's, that's a shame Cause I mean, it's just, it's a bore, man. I mean, it just is. You listen to these stories and it, I mean, you're just tossing away life after life after life over. In a lot of cases, just simple mistakes of things, you know, so people have done, yes. Did they do wrong? Of course they did wrong in most cases, but come on y'all. you know, I mean, just,
2: All right. Well, on that uplifting note, you know. Yeah. And like, just one final thing, like I think you said before, you know, just imagine it was your son or your daughter or your father, your mother, your loved one. Wouldn't you want them, even if they were as guilty as sin, wouldn't you want them treated humanely?
3: Yeah.
1: That's all we're talking about. You know, giving people an opportunity to correct what they've done and, and to make themselves better and, and to atone for what they've done, in a productive way that matters to society. Why? Why is that not the goal every single day? I just don't understand. I just—I mean, it's it, all right. But this way, I—I can do this all day because it just doesn't make any sense. But all right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, until next week, y'all be safe out there.
2: Peace.